And this morning in the Stressless In Studio is Bend City Mayor Melanie Keebler. Melanie, good morning. Good morning, Frank. Thank you very much for being here today. Appreciate it very much. So um, I wanted to ask you about a couple of things in hindsight, going going back uh, just a few days this week, stories that we have covered. One was the, the CONFAB, the conference between Bend and Redmond. City officials got together. Tell me about how that came about and then what do you think was accomplished with it? Yeah, really exciting to get together with our colleagues in the Redmond City Council. And we heard from Mayor Ed Fitch that that hasn't happened in any capacity in probably 40 years. So excited to get together with them for the first time. That came out of some conversations that I had early on this year. We met with Ed Fitch early on in the year to see how we could work together. And we floated this idea of a joint meeting. And I think it went really well. We have a lot of similar issues in our communities and we know that what we do in Bend affects Redmond and vice versa. So it was great to get together and talk with everybody about that. Common issues. Do you have common solutions or the solutions different for each city? Well, one issue where we have to work together on solutions is definitely homelessness because we know folks maybe move from different city to city if they're living outside of Bend or Redmond and they are displaced, you know, they could come into either Bend or Redmond. So that's part of that more regional approach that we've been taking with the Coordinated Houseless Response Office. And that involves cities working together as well as the county working with cities to make sure we're finding solutions that work for everybody. So that was a big topic of discussion. It sounds like uh, both sides were pretty satisfied with the meeting. Yeah, I feel like we all left feeling pretty aligned in the approaches we want to take and sort of the values we hold on making sure that we're working on these tough issues. And um, I think it was great, and we look forward to doing another one. Something else happened uh, in, in just earlier this week is the uh, National Night Out. And I know all local communities, that's where law enforcement comes out, and you get to know them without having to be in trouble. Right. Yeah, a friendly community event. There, it was going on both in Bend and Redmond at the same night, and both events uh, were really well attended. I know our police chief, Mike Krantz, said they may have six to 700 people at, at the Bend High spot where they were hosting an event. It was kind of like a community fair, but you also got to uh, do a dunk tank with your police chief and your fire chief if you wanted to. Um, and they were really thankful to all the community sponsors to help make it a free event for everybody. Um, I know also um, Councilor Perkins and our representative Emerson Levy were there with commute options handing out bike helmets and helping talk to people about bike safety. So lots of different aspects to connect with community with. And I think it was a great event. And again, we'll be happy to see that happen again next year. It's first Tuesday of every August, every year. Yes. Happens nationwide. Speaking of police, there's a, something new that's debuted, the police dashboard, and it's accessible to the city's citizens. Yeah. So Chief Krantz reported out to us last night that one of his goals, and he's been here about three years now, was to create this sort of public-facing facing data dashboard to have more transparency and easily accessible data. You know, they put out reports every year, but it's sort of it's in a PDF. It's not super easy to understand. Now you can go to um, our dashboard and it will show you types of calls, how many calls they're receiving in the past few years, uh, where those calls are happening, and you can actually take a map and highlight your neighborhood to see generally where calls are happening. And uh, also, for instance, how many times and where they've de deployed a drone in their work. There's a map for that. And there's also uh, some representation of data about mental health calls and how those are being responded to. Um, and that was one of the highlights last night is seeing since we've implemented some crisis response teams to divert those calls away from police, we've seen less police response to mental health calls. And that's what we want to see. We want the right resource going to those calls. So a really great way for the public to take a look at what's going on with our police department and see what they're doing. Um, and I think we'll continue to enhance that and try to provide more data as we go forward. You think it's going to be a really useful tool for local folks? 
Yeah, I think so, because everyone is always curious, you know, what's going on in my neighborhood? What kind of crimes are being called in? And so you can really get into specific crime types and even case numbers to really know what's going on. And we've separated out bias crimes in particular because we know the community is really interested in knowing how many of those are happening and what types of those crimes are are going on in the community as well. And we want to keep track of that and see how we can measure success in the future and hopefully, you know, reducing and eliminating those types of crimes. Sounds like a little bit more reliable and definitive information than you'll get with your Ring Neighborhood Watch. Exactly. Right. Yeah. There's there's definitely clear data there that can show, hey, have calls gone up? What types of crime calls have gone up or down? And so it's a great reference for people in the community. All right. Um, staying with, uh, I guess, law enforcement, municipal court program. What, what is that all about? Yeah. So we had our uh, municipal court judge, Rocco, who has been with us for about a year. And she has done a great job stepping into that role. Um, Our municipal court, they take mostly traffic tickets, um, occasionally some other non-criminal tickets, um, and they don't do any misdemeanors or criminal cases. And so she was giving us a report on how she has started up a few new programs to help people um, feel like their court is accessible, that they can understand what's going on, and that they can trust the city and the court system, no matter what the result is. So we have now a separate docket for people who are non-English speakers to make sure that they really get the time and attention to understand what's going on. And that also means that they, we get more compliance, right? We get more people paying their fines or going to safety school. And then Judge Rocco also has expanded the Young Driver program. Before, it was mostly for 15, 16, 17-year-olds. She's up that to 25 because she has seen that there's a need for those class of drivers to receive extra attention and education. And so she tries to walk through and make sure that they go to the traffic safety school and understand the the real importance of driving safely and has seen some really good success with that. So That's it was, a really interesting point that she took up in, in increasing the age. Mm-hmm. And I'll, I'll give you an anecdotal story why I think that is. In my day, you turned 15, man, you, it was a rite of passage. You got your permit man, right away. Mm-hmm. You were ready to get your license the day you turned 16. I'm going to get active on that. Now I've got three grandsons. They all waited till they were 18, 19, 20 mm-hmm. before they even bothered doing this kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Do you see that? Yeah, I think I think that's true. And I think there's. she also pointed out there's not really much mandated education before you go get your license. I mean, you have to pass the test, but there's not a lot of courses you are required to take. So folks in that category are just pretty inexperienced and sometimes maybe don't know all the rules of the road or some of the like best ways to drive on ice and snow. That was one of her examples. So um, I think it's really great to take that focus with people early on in their kind of driving career um, to help them learn some fundamentals and basics to be safe the rest of their life. And you mentioned the snow and ice, so mm-hmm. maybe they learned how to drive elsewhere and now they've got different conditions. Right. Her example was, you know, even though the speed limit says a certain number, if the conditions are really treacherous, you, that doesn't mean you get to drive the speed limit. You have to drive for the conditions, which people who've lived in Bend a long time probably know, but maybe younger or, you know, people who from elsewhere don't realize. So. And please understand all wheel drive doesn't mean you can stop any quicker on ice. Yes, correct. <laughs> <laughs> All right, speaking of transportation and getting around town, there's a new uh, sort of parking program for people who want to go downtown. Yeah, there was a... uh, uh News article yesterday, our, our parking department um, and the Downtown Bend Business Association were announcing a program to just make it easier, especially on popular nights like First Friday, and which gets really popular in the summer, that you can actually use our parking app to prepay and come on down and park in the parking garage, and then that will get you in and out much quicker. You know that you have a spot reserved because you've paid for it, um, and you don't have to worry so much about the parking, and then you can get out of your car and get around downtown and have fun. 
All right. So look for that to be uh, coming soon and new ways to do that. I know it's no fun to uh, have to try to look for a parking spot and then, you know, take something and, and uh, be there a little too long and uh, longer than you should be. We want the parking experience to be easy so that you can go enjoy the rest of your time downtown. <laughs> That's yeah. the point. Yes. Okay. So uh, we're into August, busy time. Uh, of course, obviously, every month is a busy month with tourism, but this is one of our bigger months of the year. Mm-hmm. What's on your docket uh, till the next time we see you coming up after the Labor Day? We will have um, an update at our next August meeting uh, about the legislative session that just happened. Some of the things that, you know, some priorities that we had that, We'll hear from our lobbyists and from hopefully our representatives, um, you know, what passed and what didn't pass and then what to look forward to in the next session. We're still really concerned about having ongoing funding for our shelter system and making sure we can keep our navigation center running. So that's going to be a priority for us, as well as continuing to be in the conversation about housing, which the governor and the legislature have really pushed forward on and I think we'll continue to push on. So that will be really interesting if people are uh, interested in, in tuning into that. And I think we're going to continue our discussion um, that we touched on last night of our transportation utility fee. And we're having a roundtable next week with community members to talk more about that and get more input on how um, to structure that fee and what to spend the money on. So that will be interesting for people as well. All right. Ben City Mayor, Melanie Keebler, got a lot on your plate. Yes, as always. (laughs) Thanks Thanks, so much. Appreciate it. FM News 100.1, 1110 KBND.